Thank you for following the podcast of Life Church in Perry, Georgia, and Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Tim McLaughlin here at Life Church in Perry, Georgia. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Again, as always, I hope these are a blessing to you and uh, that they encourage you and strengthen your faith. Uh, I, I believe this with all of my heart. The greatest thing that we can do, uh, which we know this is true because the Bible tells us to go and make disciples. And, and that's what we're here to do at Life Church is to make disciples. We know that if we want to reach people that are lost, we need to be discipled in the Word of God. If we want to grow stronger in our faith, we need to be discipled by the Word of God. If we want to worship God uh, in spirit and in truth, we need to be disciples of God. And to be discipled is to, to learn the Word of God, to let the Word of God get down into our hearts so that we can be a, a greater disciple for Him and of Him. Last week, we started talking about being a people of prayer. And I mentioned to you that being a people of prayer takes three things. It takes commitment. You know, you, you just like anything else that we do, if you want to start dieting, it takes a commitment. If you want to start exercising, it takes a commitment. If you want to uh, go to school and get a, a degree, there has to be a commitment. And prayer takes a commitment. You have to make a decision to, to whether it's in the morning getting up early or in the evening staying up later or whenever it is, there has to be a commitment to your prayer life. And then secondly, prayer takes faith. You have to believe. The Bible says that you can't be pleasing to God unless you believe, unless you have faith. Having faith that, that, that what you pray uh, to God, that He hears you and that He wants to answer you and that if you're praying according to His Word, which we're going to talk a little bit today about that, that, that you know God wants to uh, answer His Word. He's going to answer His Word. And then third, prayer takes humility. You can't be prideful. Jesus gave us an example in His Word where uh, one man stood there praying and, and he talked about all the good things that he did. And he said I, he thanked God that he wasn't like the tax collector standing next to him. But yet the tax collector beat his chest and wouldn't even lift his eyes because he was just he was so humble that he could pray to such an awesome God. We need to humble ourselves we can come to God boldly, knowing that His Word is truth, but we need to come to Him humbly, understanding that, that, that He is God and we're not, and we are dependent upon Him. So now that we've established that we need to be people of prayer, we need to start looking at how we should pray. Because that's important. Now that we understand that we can pray, that we should pray, that we need to be people of prayer, well, how do you pray? How do you take this to God? And so I want to begin to speak to you maybe over the next few weeks about how we should pray. I love this quote by Smith Wigglesworth. It says, There is something about believing God that will cause Him to pass over a million people to get to you. Man, that is so powerful. Let me say that again. Smith Wigglesworth said, there's something about believing God that will cause Him to pass over a million people to get to you. When we believe in God, when we commit ourselves to pray to God, when we have faith to believe that God is hearing us, when we come to God humbly and we pray according to His Word, God will pass over a million people to get to you. 
Not that God wants to pass over people, but He's looking for those that truly believe in what they're saying. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. How many of you have just finished praying something like, man, I hope God heard me, or boy, I hope God was listening. Well, we, we need to understand that if we prayed and we didn't have faith to believe that He heard us, He probably didn't. Because we need to believe in order to receive. We don't need to hope that we receive. We need to believe that we received. Prayer is one of those things that we can never learn enough about. I have bookshelves filled with books from Kenneth E. Hagen, Smith Wigglesworth, Henry Blackaby, John Bevere, David Wilkerson, and many others about prayer. Why do I have so many books about prayer? Because prayer is important. Because so many people don't understand the principles of prayer or they have forgotten things about prayer, including myself. I've probably forgotten more about prayer, but I need to know even more about prayer. So again, I want to spend some time talking about six things that you need to know about how to pray. Six things that we need to know about how to pray. Number one, we need to pray in Jesus' name. We need to pray in Jesus' name. We need to understand that when we're praying, you're not praying uh, because Pastor Tim said to pray. We're not praying because whoever your pastor is or whatever church you go to or or, or, uh, according to some other false god. We pray in Jesus' name because the Bible instructs us. In John 16, verses 23 and 24, it says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. And until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Why did Jesus say, in that day? Because He was talking about that day as much as He's talking about this day that we live in. In that day, He said this, He was still living with the disciples. He had not yet went to Calvary. He had not yet died on the cross, been buried, and rose again. He had not yet poured His blood out in the mercy seat for you and I. Jesus' blood was the sign of the new covenant. This covenant promised that God forgives us, that our sin is not just covered by the blood of animals, but it's washed by the precious blood of God Himself, Jesus Christ. When we are cleansed, our sin is remembered no more, according to Hebrews 8.12. God gives us His Holy Spirit to teach us, to empower us, and to help us as we pray. We have the promise of eternal life with God in heaven, according to John 14. And we have been given direct access to the Father through Jesus Christ, the Son. So when Jesus said, in this day, He's referring to the day that we're living in now, the church age. So Jesus was teaching them and Jesus is teaching us that after the resurrection, after the ascension, that we could now pray in a legal manner when we approach the Father. 
Well, what does it mean to pray according to a legal manner? Well, in a court of law, your attorney speaks for you. He represents you as he addresses the judge on your behalf. Jesus does the same thing for us. When we pray in Jesus' name, when we're praying to the Father in Jesus' name, Jesus is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. So now when we go to the Father in prayer, we go through this mediator. And then the Bible says then, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, in the mediator's name, he will give it to you. Whatever we ask in Jesus' name. Notice that he says, whatever. Now people often make the statement about things that they're believing for and say, well, if it's God's will. The issue is we must know God's will in order to ask whatever. It says whatever you ask the Father in Jesus' name. The whatever here does not mean that you can pray for your enemies to be eaten by an alligator or, or that you're going to get to hit the lottery or something crazy like that. But whatever means that we can pray whatever promise God has for us and we can expect to receive it. I want to say that again. When he says whatever, that means that we can pray whatever promise God has for us and we can expect to receive it. The more time we spend in his word, the more time we will understand his promises and desires for us. And then when we go to him in prayer, we can pray according to his word, according to his will. And then we can pray that whatever we ask in his name, he will give us. See, the other part of knowing his promises answered in the verse 24 says, until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. When we ask according to his word in his name, not only do we receive, but he tells us that our joy may be full. Let me ask you, is your joy full when you're sick? Is your joy full when you're broke? Is your joy full when you're worried or lost or confused? Absolutely not. But God's Word supplies us with the promises that we can pray in the name of Jesus so that when we do so, our joy may be full. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God, every one of them, in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All the promises of God are yes and amen. All of them are complete in Jesus' name. I want to share with you a few promises, and this, this is a lengthy list, but it's not an exhaustive list. But let's look at some of the promises that we need to learn to pray. I hope you take notes as we go through these, that you'll be able to write these promises down, highlight them in your Bible, and pray these things out. If you looked at my Bible, I've got different colors that I use. And some of the colors that when I, when I highlight different things, it's maybe something somebody said or it's, it's something that, that I pray on a regular basis. But 
as you go through, maybe you pick a color out and you highlight those colors and you say, these are all the promises of God. And when you highlight them, then when you easily flip through your Bible or you make note cards or, or go back through your notes, you begin to pray out these promises and you make it personal for your life or whoever you may be praying for. So what are some of these promises that we can pray knowing that he will answer us because we're praying in Jesus name, his promises. Number one, we can pray that God promises a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So we can pray and say, Lord, give me a new heart. David prayed and he said, Lord, create in me a new heart. Listen, we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We've all missed it. We've all done things that we're not proud of, things that we shouldn't have done. We've all been angry at people. We've all said things about people we shouldn't have said. We've all made mistakes. But when we believe according to the Word of God and we pray, Lord, give me a new heart. Put a new spirit within me. God answers that prayer. And God will take our hard, crusty heart and He will replace it with a new heart. A heart that beats for the things of God. God promises us forgiveness. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, when we pray in Jesus' name according to His Word, His Word says that if we confess our sins, Lord, I, I, I've said this and I, I, I ask You to forgive me. Lord, I've done this and I ask You to forgive me. Lord, I've thought this and I ask You to forgive me. Lord, I feel this way, but I know that that's wrong. I, need, I ask You to forgive me. And when we pray and we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of those things. If we don't confess Him, if we think, well, I don't need to tell God because He already knows, do we we understand that we need to, we need by saying it, by confessing it, that, that, that he hears that and he says, they hear and they acknowledge, so therefore I will respond. So we need to, we need to ask God to forgive us and we need to confess those things. God also promises that our sins will be removed as far as the east is from the west. So when we ask God to give us a new heart, we ask God to forgive us of our sins, then God not only gives us a new heart and takes out our crusty heart and forgives us our sin, but then He takes that sin and He removes it way far from us. The Bible says in Psalms 103 verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgressions from us. He removes them so far away from us that we can never see them again. When we confess, when we believe, and when we pray in Jesus' name, we are promised that our sins will be buried. Micah 7, 19 says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. He will cast out all our sins, the depths of the sea. We are promised the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He, he not only promises to remove our sin, but when He removes that sin, He promises to give us the Holy Spirit that now indwells us. We are promised that this Holy Spirit that He gives us, that lives inside of us, the third part of the Trinity, God Himself living in us, will now guide us and show us the truth. We are promised that the Holy Spirit will guide us. John 16, 13 says, When He, 
the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that he will speak and he will show you things to come. Listen, when, when I come to God and I ask him to give me a new heart, take out my stony heart, when I confess my sin and I believe that he's removed it as far as the east is from the west, that I am forgiven, then his Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside of me. And that Holy Spirit will then begin to guide me and begin to show me the things that I need to pray, the things that I need to learn, the things that I need to, to say to others, the things that, the way that I need to walk. He will convict me when, when things I'm doing is wrong. He will begin to stir me and let me know not to do those things. God also makes us many promises about other things. Now, listen, I am not a prosperity preacher, but I do understand this. God wants us to have the abundant life according to John 10, 10. So when we go to God in prayer and we pray according to those things, we understand that we will not lack anything that we are in need of. Psalm 34, 9 and 10 says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. There's no want. Well, this is the deal. You know, there are some people that make a lot more money than I make. There's some people that have bigger houses. There's some people that have a lot of cars. But you know what? I'm not in want. Those people have those things, but do they really need those things? See, I'm not in want. I've got food in my fridge. I've got clothes on my back. I've got a roof over my head. I've got money to pay my utility bill. I am, I, I'm, I am blessed because God supplies my need. God will take care of our day-to-day -day needs. Matthew 6, verses 31 through 44, that says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear or after these things? The Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He says, therefore, do not worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear. Listen, God will take care of your need when we believe and we pray according to His will and His promises. God promises us to supply all of our needs according to Philippians 4.19. It says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not only will God supply our needs, not only has He forgiven our sins, not only has He given us a new heart, but God gave us the best He had when Jesus came for us. Romans 8.32 says, He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. He shall not with Him also freely give us all things. Listen, if He didn't hold Himself, if He didn't withhold Jesus Christ, if He was willing to come and live in this world incarnate to free us from our sin, He will also take care of our other needs. He ransomed heaven for you and I. Why would He start holding back now? Psalm 84, 11, I love this in the, in the Living Bible, it says, For Jehovah God is our light and our protector. He gives us grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk along His path. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. He will not hold anything back for you because He's already given you the best that He had in Jesus Christ our Lord. Not only has He given us the best that He had uh, because of Jesus, but He's also uh, given us uh, everything that we need, including health. 
Jeremiah 30, 17 says, For I will restore health to you and heal you of all your wounds, says the Lord. Exodus 15, 26 says, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in His sight, give ear to His commands, and keep all His statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Man, isn't that awesome? Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgive all your iniquity, who heals all your disease. Man, God wants to heal us. He sent Jesus to die for us. Why do you think that Jesus would want to die for us, ascend to heaven, give us His Holy Spirit just for us to walk around sickly? Is that a good testimony? I think about Moses. I think about when Moses was on the mountain and he was talking to God and God talked about destroying all the children of Israel. And Moses looked at God and he said, God, he said, if you destroy your people, he said, what will other people think about you? You brought them out of Egypt just to bring them out here and destroy them? No. God spared his people. God brought them into the promised land. God grafted us in. Through the blood of Jesus, we've been grafted in. We, we, we have not taken the place of the children of Israel, but we have become one in His family. Both Jews and Gentiles alike washed in the precious blood of Jesus, and He wants us to walk in divine health. He wants to heal all of our disease. Not only does He want us to be healed, but He wants to give us all of His wisdom and all of His guidance. This is a promise that He makes us. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to you. Listen, God doesn't want to walk around, want us walking around stupid. God wants us to walk around wise. When we're talking to other people about Him, He wants us to be wise. I've heard people say, well, I just don't know how to witness to people. I don't know how to talk to people about the things of God. I've never been to Bible school, and I don't have a lot of scriptures memorized. Listen. He promises that the Holy Spirit will guide us, and He promises us that, that He will give us wisdom when we ask for it. Now, does that mean that we can just lay the Bible there and, and say, Lord, I want to know what's in it? No, we've got to do our part. We've got to read. But then He helps us with the retention and bringing things back to remembrance. Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee in mine eyes. Proverbs 3, 5, and 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall. He shall. He's going to direct your paths when we trust in Him. Not only does God promise to give, him wisdom, give us wisdom and knowledge, but He's got promises for our children, our family, and our marriage. See, God promised that He will save our children. We can pray. Isaiah 49, 25 says, For I will contend with Him who contends with you, and I will save your children. God wants to save our children. We need to go to Him, and we need to remind Him of His Word in Isaiah 49, 25. Psalm 119, 3 and 5 says, Behold, children of the heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Listen, our children, I've got a son and a daughter. My kids are a heritage from the Lord. 
They're a blessing from God. God wants your children to be a blessing to you. Pray for your children according to His Word. What about marriages? God says, 1 Corinthians 7, 3, Husband, render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. Listen, God wants to bless your marriage, but quit treating each other the way that some people treat each other. We need to, we need to give them affection. We need to treat them the way that God wants us to treat. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 33 says about our marriage. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing in the water of the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love her, their wives as their own bodies. He loves his own wife. His wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Listen, now wives, don't be elbowing your husband if you guys are listening to this together. But, but God tells us, husbands, we need to love our wives like Christ loves our church. You're part of that church. He loves you. Do you treat your wife the way that God treats you, the way that Jesus loved you, are you willing to lay down your life for her? Now, women, before you start nudging and stuff, you need to understand that he also speaks to, to you women. And he tells us, he says, he says um, that, that women, where is it at right here? Nevertheless, let each one of you particular, so love his own wife as himself. Whoop, I missed it right there. Um, Oh, I missed it in my notes. But women need to need to treat their husbands. Uh, let me go here to Ephesians chapter 5. I lost my notes there. I apologize. See, even we miss it occasionally. Ephesians chapter 5, he says, um, verse 22. I went too far. It says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is a savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, let wives be subject to their own husbands and everything. So not only do men, husbands, not only do we need to love our wives the way Christ loved the church, not only do we need to honor them, not only do we need to pray for them and treat them the, the, the certain way, but women, you need to also submit to your own husband as to the Lord. So we need to, if we would do those things, I'll tell you this, I, I've said this so many times, one of the things that helped my marriage out years ago was my wife and I, we read the book, The Five Love Languages, and that book completely transformed our marriage because I began to, to understand how I could love my wife, how I could treat her as Christ loves the church. And she began to understand how she could submit to me. That doesn't mean that I lord over her, but we understood how God wanted us to treat each other. See, God also wants us to have peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. God wants to remove all worry from our lives. The Bible says in Philippians 4.6, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Listen, there are so many more promises. Promises over temptations that God wants to give us. Promises for safety. Promises from deliverance of fear. 
promises for all of these things that God has given to us. I could go on and on, but I want you to understand, get in your word, begin to read the promises of God, make note of these things. And when you go to God in prayer, commit to a prayer life, have faith that he hears you, go to him in humility. But when you pray, pray according to his word. And when you do whatever things you ask, when you pray, you can believe that you will have them in Jesus name. Father God, I thank you again for the opportunity to do these podcasts, to teach your word. Father, I pray that each and every one heard this word today, Lord, and that it's touched their hearts and it's touched their minds. And I pray, Father, they would begin to transform the way that they pray, the way that they seek after you. And Father, I pray that they would get a new sense of confidence that when they go into prayer, as they've committed their life to praying, as they believe by faith that you hear them, Father, as they come humbly before you, that as they pray according to your will, they know what your will is, they know what your promises are, and they begin to pray these things out. And Father, it's going to change and transform their lives for the glory of God. Lord, if there's one listening by chance that does not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today is the day of salvation. If you're listening and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just cry out to Him today. Say, I believe that Jesus Christ died for me, that He rose from the grave, and on the third day, He came out of that tomb and He ascended to heaven. He hears me when I pray, and I ask Him to forgive me of all my sins and wash me in the blood. And if you prayed that prayer today, you're a born-again believer. And I want you to reach out to us, call us, email us, let us know that you gave your heart to the Lord. And if you're looking for a home church, we would love to have you right here at Life Church in Perry, Georgia, 100 Todd Road. We love you. We thank you for listening. We hope that we're a blessing to you. And we just we hope to see you soon. God bless you. Have a great week.